citizens of the verse. Today is March 16th, 2952, and welcome to another episode of Citizen Cast. We're usually a weekly Star Citizen podcast here to discuss what's going on in the game and its development. I'm your host, Way Too Geeky, and I'm joined by my co-host. He's the peanut butter to my jelly. It's Seagard Olsen. Hello, Seagard. How are you today? I feel very special. You called oh. me peanut butter to your jelly. Well, if Chekhov was here, which, you know, obviously, whenever right. we change up the date, we don't know if he's going to show up. That's my fault. Um, <laughs> you know, he uh, he was going to be the peanut butter and you were going to be the fluff. <laughs> oh, that would have been a good one. That would have been right on it. Yeah. I had a feeling you would have liked that, but, you know, it happens. Yes. <laughs> um, so listeners of the verse so sorry it's been a few weeks uh geeky unfortunately here has been dealing with a lot of work stuff and a lot of um sort of like client dinners and things like that and it's made it tough and the first first week we missed it was because i went to see the batman and then i ended up missing rescheduling so but we're here now uh and we have a lot to talk about because i i have a, a giant um list of things to go over but uh before i do uh seagard what have you been up to this past uh few weeks in the verse you know i i i, I did miss a couple days of playing but uh, i started uh i got back in and started playing a little bit more um i did uh, a few little i started organizing my ships again moved things around i went and uh, shuffled you know, even you know, uh, not uniforms, but undersuits and armor so they could match my ships. I loaded up a couple of my ships with uh, vehicles. And I did this the, the hard way, right? It didn't, mm-hmm. You know, I was actually saying, you know, how difficult is it going to be when you can't just claim a ship? You know, have to fly back. What's that going to be like and how's it going to work? And just more for something to do and uh, trying to break things up. And mm-hmm. uh, I kind of spent some time doing that. And then uh, two days ago, I started... Um, looking at the kind of the lesser used mining gear, mm-hmm. I I just have this theory that you know there's you don't all always have to use a helix. There are advantages to a helix, but I have to believe that there's advantages to some of the others. Also, you just have to figure out how they're best used. So I've been playing with those mm-hmm. and trying to figure out from a first-hand experience, what the differences are. You know, you look at tables all day and price is a factor and all those things, but um, just trying to figure out how that's going to fit into the universe. Otherwise, we're all going to have helixes and why have everything else on the shelf? Yeah. All right, so So that's what I've been kind of doing. All right, cool. Um, Much like not podcasting, I have not been playing the game whatsoever. I think one, it's sort of the waiting for 317 gap, and also it's just been crazy. Um, but I hope to be jumping in more often, uh, you know, in the coming days and weeks. As soon as my shadow has rebooted, they're currently rebooting it, uh, so I don't have access to it right now. Uh, today, being March 16th, also means that it is Stella Fortuna. Um, because we love our holidays that are almost the same as holidays that we currently celebrate, uh, but we've got to change it some way. So for those who don't know, 
Uh, Stella Fortuna is a human cultural celebration associated with good fortune and success in new ventures. It was first established as a commemoration of the successful colonization of Mars. Uh, Feasting, fireworks, festivals, and other forms of mass celebration are hallmarks of the holiday, along with the colors of gold and green. It's celebrated each year on March 15th throughout uh, the United Empire of Earth. I guess it's not Stella Fortuna today than I thought it was today. It was yesterday. (laughs) But they did the the paints today. Yeah, midnight. Midnight, yeah. So... Um, the origin, right? So in the mid 22nd century, the people of earth established humanity's first successful extra planetary colony on Mars. This was the second attempt at colonization. The first human colony on Mars failed late in the terraforming process when an error in the atmosphere processors led to sudden mass atmospheric collapse. 4,876 humans died. The second attempt at a colony was largely regarded as doomed. In a widely circulated article on the potential dangers a Mars immigrant might face, Kelsey Forrest of the Centennial News Org simply wrote, Don't tempt fate. This message was ultimately co-opted to tempt fate with don't cross out uh, became a uh, unofficial slogan of early Mars colonists. Um, uh, let's see. In 20... In, in uh, 2200, multiple Earth-based governments announced plans for an interplanetary holiday to celebrate 45 successful years of human habitation on Mars. It would be held during the following Earth-Mars conjunction, 18th of March, um, to emphasize the connection between the planets. Uh, Martian school children were invited to submit possible names for the new holiday. Stella Fortuna was selected from an entry provided by Estelle Priya, age 11, of Port Renatus Public School 17. Uh, I'm not going to go into any more of this lengthy description, with the exception of uh, Stella Fortuna's evolved from a holiday commemorating early Mars colony to one that celebrates good fortune, boldness, tempting fate, and embarking on new business ventures. Um, so that's sort of it. Uh, the largest celebration does still occur on Mars. Most businesses close for the holiday and the day after. The festival officially kicks off with a parade featuring elaborately decorated floats in the form of spaceships or stars. Uh, and the celebrants clad in colorful light-up costumes throw candy, raffle tickets, or some small prizes from atop floats into the crowd. Carnivals filled with rides and games run throughout the day and night. Intoxicated crowds, sounds like they have something in common, will spontaneously burst into traditional songs such as Aim for the Stars but Strike from Mars and Illuminate the Way. Marriage proposals are uh, as common as new business ventures. The green and gold firework display that concludes the festival is a favorite time to seal the deal on business and romantic partnerships alike. So that's Stella Fortuna. There's a number of paints on the store as well as a bunch of origin ships. Uh, and some other ships on on sale. Uh, so if, if you are interested in picking something up, uh, snag on to that. Uh, let's uh, let's go through some of the content that we missed the past few weeks. Um, I'm going to do lightning round here. Uh, uh, so forgive me if I'm missing something. You can always watch the videos or Nubifier's recaps. Uh, on ISC, we missed a few things. Uh, 
We met Will Price, who creates a ton of video content, including some of the trailers for new patches. We had a sprint report all about vehicles where we got a look at Graybox, Corsair, including the internals, final art view of the Vulture, a test view of the Banu Merchantman's landing gear, final art of the Scorpius wings, a look at the whole sea. In another episode, we also saw rivers. You'll be able to go into a river with a helmet and not drowned. They want to include harvestables. You can grav level over it. You can land your, your ship on it and it won't explode. And eventually they'll want to add a, a realistic flowing of the river. They also discussed uh, the reputation system and its impact with dynamic events. Um, slowly but surely, they're going to be adding more reputation elements to things, including hostility changes, so that if you um, get to a certain rating with Ninetales, for instance, then Ninetales will stop attacking you. And same thing with other um, other factions. We'll likely see some of these changes in 318. Uh, we got a detailed look of the whole A, which looks extremely exciting. Uh, they discussed the benefits of the whole A, um, having external cargo, making it easier to load, and how it's likely going to be used as a, a ship to transport for shorter ships for shorter trips, like from a space station to planet side. Uh, whereas the larger versions of the hull will likely be for longer distances. Uh, we also got a location-based sprint report where we got to see Hurston's clouds, uh, which may be in 17, 317, hopefully. Uh, Maria Pure of Heart, we got a final look at that. Uh, we saw some spacecaping and points of interest for Pyro. They showed off uh, this new sort of Joshua tree-looking tree for Pyro. Uh, they showed off trash piles for space stations and other pyro locations, and they showed a bunch of concepts for colonial outposts, including storage tanks, uh, new lighting experiments, uh, wells, greenhouses, and the derelict outposts. So that was ISC over the past few weeks. Anything uh, stick out to you, Seaguard? Uh, you know, all the stuff I liked, uh, I really liked um I'm really excited about the Hall A coming. I'm 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 really I'm just excited about what's coming immediately. Yeah. Uh, I haven't really looked too far down the road yet. Um uh, eighteen seems so far away. Um yeah. and uh seven point one just around the corner. So, <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh but yeah, I'm excited about I'm getting more and more excited, let's put it that way. Yeah. Totally. Probably totally missed that question. Who? Me. Oh, no, you got it. Um, well, sort of. I was just asking, what about those episodes of ISC you liked? Anything well, I, yeah, I mean, I did. I liked the whole one. Yeah. But, you know, the the one with the hull, I thought that. Yeah. I'm very excited about that ship. I yeah. think it leads to a lot of different things. And when I see that stuff, I can't help but think that there is more docking coming and things like that that oh, are coming yeah. along, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I really like I really like the ISC. Uh, well, yeah, the ISC. Um, the one that was about the effects was pretty good, but I have to admit I did fall asleep in it. It had been a long day, so. Yeah. Um, I hear you. I I sort of did a quick snapshot of those. So so for Star Citizen, oh, I guess I should talk about what I liked about them. <laughs> yeah. Um, obviously, I love the fact that we keep seeing stuff for Pyro and, and these outposts are starting, you know, all the stuff that they're going to be doing for them uh, is starting to look really exciting. Um, yeah. 
the whole way is exciting. I think it looks like a great ship, especially, um, you know, it's like you could see some slight changes from the concept, but at the right. same time, it still looks great. Yeah. Um, and isn't that different? I think the reputation system changes are, are going to be interesting. And the rivers looked amazing too. Um, for star citizen live, uh, the EUPU episode, uh, unfortunately was canceled due to the invasion in Ukraine. Um, so that's unfortunate, um, but totally understand it was in solidarity. I don't believe like some cynic cynics might think that they canceled it cause they didn't want to do it. I think it was just a statement. Um, and then, uh, the other two weeks that we missed first was a Q and a with the narrative team. Uh, just very briefly, a few standout components from that lore based missions, uh, had been very much so missed by, uh, by citizens. And, uh, for example, the Tessa Bannister missions. Um, but they did mention that the reputation system had been, and, and can, will continue to be as well, uh, as gameplay, a barrier for um, some of those missions. Like for instance, there's no real reason to put the Tessa Bannister missions back in because truthfully it will likely be more tied to expeditions and things like that. And that gameplay is just not ready yet. Um, there were plenty of concepts that, um, you know, there there's a name of creatures and things like that, that aren't fleshed out yet. And sometimes they, they flesh it out once they see uh, the creature. Other times they uh, present a brief and then someone actually concepts out a, a creature or some other thing, some item in the verse. Uh, they talked about how community can, the community reaction can impact the lore. And that narrative is different for uh, between squadron 42 and the PU, obviously because the PU is a big sandbox where a squadron is a self-contained story. Um, and then the following week, the VFX uh, team provided a Q&A or someone from VFX provided a Q&A. Uh, talked about how tractor beam visuals are being worked on. Uh, the size 10 bombs uh, explosion and, and what happens from that explosion uh, does have plans to be improved. Uh, bombs interacting with rivers will be a thing. Dust displacement is, is going to be possible down the road. Uh, they do like to test with as minimum, a small particle size as possible. They're working on waterfalls. Uh, they're working on lightning and gas clouds. Uh, and Jared did say he would see uh, what the reaction would be to um, if you got struck by lightning within a gas cloud. So that was, that was, that was through the two... Um, Star Citizen Live episodes that we are caught up on. Uh, anything from those that you wanted to call out, Seaguard, before we move on? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was more than a year ago now. Yeah. Well, well it will be, too. I mean, if you look, um, one of the things that Lilani Le- Addison was known for is being a proponent for AI and the the increased research on AI and there was a lore post this week about, about that actually. So, or, or was it last week? One of the, one of the weeks there was a lore post about it. Um, so I'd imagine we might see missions related to either AI tests that gone wrong or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, and especially because Leilani Addison will be Imperator unless something happens to her. Um, she'll be Imperator for 10 years, so we've got plenty of time with her lore-wise, which is good. Um, you know, it's interesting that you mentioned how important it is because I was just thinking reading the um, reading the Stella Fortuna description, how cool will it be when Mars is, is there and they actually have those celebrations in-game? It'll be really cool. Exactly. And I think about the same thing when, when we have more than one system and they have the, um, the IAE, you know, and fleet week, I'm sure they won't be in the same system every year. They'll rotate it around. Um, and I, I bet fleet week and IAE will be in different locations down the road from each other, you know, versus the same, same, uh, convention center um this week uh inside star citizen will give us a look a better look at uh, selling items to shops which is coming in 317 uh and further progress on loot generation as well as a retrospective on medical gameplay that um they introduced in 315 as well as what's next for medics in the verse so I'm excited to hear what what other additions they have planned. Super excited for that. And then Star Citizen Live has not been announced what the what the content will be yet. So we'll see what that is. Um, we did today also get a roadmap roundup. Uh, not a super extensive one, but I thought it's it's always good to read through. Um, progress tracker, similar to combining the combining of the live mission content team and the modular location team last year to create the EU sandbox one team. Another change is being made and a new team is being added to the progress tracker. Historically content produced by Starsis and location teams has been comprised of environment art and level design disciplines. This has changed as of August of last year, adding the mission design discipline as well as additional support from the AI content team to the locations pipeline. They will be working together with level design and art to bring spaces to life with moment to moment gameplay. Uh, what we'll be changing with this publish is addition of planet content to these disciplines. The planet content team is now being merged with EU Sandbox 2, which is newly added as of this publish. Planet content team's data will now end in Q1 2022, but will be maintained on the roadmap as a reference. Their deliverables have also been moved over to the EU Sandbox 2, and this new team has also been added under Upstream on the Roadmap Companion Guide. Um, okay. <laughs> Um, now, uh, updates with the planet tech team, a higher priority was placed on the continuing work on in the internal tools that allow for far quicker generation of planet terrain, foliage, bodies of water, and more mentioned in the recent inside star citizens episode. In addition to the two new deliverables added below, um, to come to accompany this, the following deliverables are taken off the progress tracker until they are properly prioritized and rescheduled for production, uh, terrain, snow displacement, and destructible environments. The following deliverables have been added to the progress tracker. Foliage shader, 
creating the ability to replace most current vegetation assets materials with foliage shader versions as needed. This will both improve the general quality of foliage and vegetation, as well as allow for variation between seasons and climate conditions. This deliverable has been added to the Planet Tech team's schedule. And then ocean shader improvements. Uh, reworking the ocean shader. Oh my, I can't say shader today. <laughs> um, to use more physically accurate refraction and reflection with energy con conservation. Unifying the feature set with other other water shaders and balancing performance between orbital and close-up situations. This deliverable has been added to the planet tech team's schedule. So those are the only changes. Um, nothing else has been marked as committed uh, for 317, uh, but nothing too crazy. Nothing that's going to make people cry themselves to sleep tonight, um, which is great. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, and, and that sort of leads us to the fact that 317 is in Evocati now. Um, I, I believe they're on their second patch so far in Evo. And word on the street is almost all the features are, were implemented immediately. And um, uh, which we'll call it then, uh, essentially, they also... Um, mentioned that it's a pretty stable early build for the PTU, uh, the um, Evocati. So um, rumor has it we'll be getting it in a wider PTU soon. Uh, so we'll see. I'm always skeptical of how long it's going to take, especially the past few patches have taken quite some time in Evo, but we will see. Um, what, uh, what excites you the most about 317 from what you've heard Seaguard. Mm -hmm. next yeah next one and ship based mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm. yeah i believe so yeah <laughs> yeah yeah exactly exactly um, so that's, that's going to be really exciting, I think. And I, I mean, I'm actually excited for the river too, but that's just because it's going to be, uh, yeah, so far. And for those who don't know, it's going to be a single river right now on Microtech to test it. And then obviously they'll add more rivers down the road. Um, and you know, like they said, waterfalls, etc. Um, Cool. Wow. I feel like we had a lot of content, but I also now feel like we're breezing through it. Uh, no fear. We have quite a few comments from our peanut gallery slash um, listeners. Not everyone's the peanut gallery where I'm referencing a couple particular listeners. Uh, speaking of, <laughs> uh, here's some tips and tricks. And uh, peanut gallery member himself, Haymar, suggested... Uh, if you drink high-gravity beers or stronger alcoholic drinks, the effects will be just as good as drinking weaker beverages while playing. The idea is you can physically drink less, play more with stronger, higher-quality drinks. I have a feeling Hamar had a few drinks while he wrote that one up. Um, and then he also said a, a real tip. Uh, if you loot a helmet and the displays don't work when you put it on, go to your ship, take the helmet off, and place it in the ship's inventory. Get out your inventory, 
then go back in and put the helmet on the display should work then. Um, he also said there seems to be a trend that if you're wearing medium armor and a medium backpack with at least one rifle attached, your ship may blow up. Happened to us several times this week. Um, and then Canuck said, confirmed, attached gun to armor when exiting some ships uh, instead of the backpack. So uh, good tips, guys. Uh, any any tips from you, Mr. Seaguard? Mm-hmm. all right excellent um i the only tip i have is go see the batman it was really great (laughs) one of my favorites Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Uh, One warning I have for players who have been enjoying the station as proxy for for the landing zones uh, inventory that appears to be removed in 317. So they have separate inventories now. So um, I I picture a lot of people moving their items up to the station instead. Um, So we'll see. Uh, hopefully one day when they release mega asset or new asset poor Alasar, they um, make that a starting location as well. I feel like that could, that should be a potential starting location. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's like, even like I, it's been forever since I've done a cave mission. I feel like I would have fun doing that again. Yeah, I'm the, I'm the same. Maybe I've been in one. I think I've been in a drive-in one, not the not the sinkhole variation. Well, they're working on more archetypes for that, so it'll be fun to see those variations. Um, excellent. So similar, similarly but different. That brings us to for science. Didn't, it didn't play again. I did it right. Um, for science is where we discuss where we tested things in the game, whether it's uh, gameplay itself or, you know, looking for a phenomena, a feature, whatever. Um, we had a few submissions for science the past few weeks. Uh, first was from peanut gallery enthusiast himself, Haymar. Uh, he said, we attacked Jumptown. This is how old, you could tell it's old. We attacked Jumptown with an A2 on three different occasions while Jumptown was on. Our hope was to um, get the, I, I think he had a couple cocktails because it says, our hope was to insight immersion. I think he means instigate into uh, the gameplay for those doing the conga line. I can honestly say no one, with the exception of those with me, appreciated the effort. I mean, we did. <laughs> um, and then Nick Norell said, Jumptown is supposed to be an unsafe war zone. Having it be a boring milk the dispenser affair seems contrary to good gameplay. Uh, Tavo said, yep, the majority of the people that are playing it are doing it just for the money. Hamar uh, came in with a new 
test. He said, bed logging will heal you when you log back in, as tested by Bloody Badger. I did not shoot him. Um, to which Brillo Cubis replied, didn't shoot him this time, you mean? <laughs> <laughs> yes. There, um, if I could, uh-huh. They are real life and in-game versions of uh, the, uh, the, um, I always forget their name now. A little bit of Laurel and Hardy, but I was thinking the on the Muppets, um, the older guys. Ho, 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 ho. They're kind of trollish sometimes. Uh, <laughs> ho, 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 ho. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, a little bit more, a little less PG, though. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, um, definitely. They're they're. Uh, oh, by the way, it's Statler and Waldorf. <laughs> ho 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 ho. Um, yeah. Uh, any any for science uh, experiments on your part, Seagard? Ooh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. 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 Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. Mhm. Yeah. Excellent. Well, I personally didn't test anything because, as I mentioned, I haven't played a lick of the game in weeks. Um. But no worries. We shall proceed um uh, next is traditionally seaguard's question but for some reason we forgot to post the question so we got no replies <laughs> um we're i can't remember now um yeah um well excellent uh actually now i'm just uh, now i'm just like crazy curious who was on the episode no, it was it was both of us, I think, because I didn't say because that last episode we discussed New Haven Pizza. <laughs> and by by the way, someone chimed in and said New Haven Pizza is phenomenal <laughs> <laughs> on our Discord. <laughs> um, but what's your question for this week? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh huh. Mhm. Mhm. Okay. Great. Uh excellent question. We shall uh we look forward to hearing everyone's responses next week. I promise. Yeah. Yep. Mhm. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. He he still tunes in on audio every once in a while to chat, which is nice. Um, probably more than I do even. <laughs> um, and next we have our Q and a where we did get quite a few responses since the last show. Uh, first question comes from Tavo. He asks, have, and these, these set of questions are from discord. Uh, have you noticed that the consumption of food and water has increased? 
Um, have you noticed Seaguard? I haven't noticed. To be quite honest, I'm pretty sure they toggled it in um, 317 as well. So who knows? I guess we'll see. Uh, Strikeout Actual says, let's get ready for the gun show. Okay, fellas, it's time to pick your favorite weapons. You only get one rifle and one pistol to take with you. What are you grabbing and why? Oh, no, you go ahead. The arc light? Uh Uh-huh. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm an arc light guy, uh, and I don't use a rifle. I use a shotgun. I'm Devastator shotgun guy. I, I don't know why I just like shotguns. Um, yeah. Uh, granted you have to get in a range where you're at da- in danger, but I don't know. I tend to be, I'm not the best combat uh, person out there anyway. So I need something that's pretty effective at a close range. Cause I rarely, I'm not good at hitting people from a far range. Although, you know, what? I will be honest with you. I am getting a little bit better with the sniper rifle. So, yeah, Jumptown kind of had me with a sniper rifle a few times. Um, but once again, I still favored the shotgun because I was usually in the bunker, not in combat. Uh, so if someone came into the bunker, close quarters, bang, bang, dead in the airlock. Um, Boris Kraken, no less, uh, asked, looking on ISC this week, there is stuff on rep. This is super important for pyro. Uh, where there's no UEE law, hopefully this will work with ship UI. So stuff is red or whatever color on rep, um, not UEE law status. Your thoughts? So if I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Boris is saying we see hostiles who who might be hostile towards us based on our rep, not based on legality. What are your thoughts? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Well, I, I I think to answer your question in a way that's a non-answer, unfortunately, Boris, I think it's going to depend on how they, you know, w- what functionality in game, if any, uh, for let's, let's not talk about like say bounty hunters, they'll have more um, tools than the average player, but what what functionality will we have in game to determine someone's affiliations? And why would that be in a database unless it was some sort of criminal database or some sort of like, you know, other thing. So I, I feel like that that's not ready yet. Um, I do agree. I would prefer to know who's likely to be hostile to me based on their affiliations, but I'm not sure how they're going to do it in game. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. 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 Well, especially you look at um you look at uh Pyro, like the reason why it's so important is there's multiple factions of criminals and outlaws in Pyro. And so you might have a high rep with Xenothreat, but not with the fire rats or whatever. Um, you know, how do you you know, how do you, um, will you know that they're going to be 
hostile towards you at a certain point. It might be triggered by what level of rep you have with them. And I'm guessing it has a lot to do with, I don't know, actually. I mean, the rep, the rep tool is going to show us a lot. So, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. I was also thinking maybe a way that this could function because this make this sort of makes sense to me is um, if particularly on the the criminal side of things, if you're in a if you're doing a mission for a particular organization, a criminal organization, and you end up doing a mission that's in secure, you know, like comstat range then that means that that information gets picked up and the information about you ends up being like known affiliations with, right? So it could show up almost like a criminal database, known affiliations with, you know, Xeno threat. Um, and that might be able to make it so that people can see who, who a pirate is. But then... Or even like, you know, you blow up a ship and you recover a black box, the black box will have that data on who blew the ship up, right? And so you might be able to learn some of those things that way. Um, Okay, cool. Uh, Now, Earth uh, commented, we've had the new cargo decks at stations for a while. Do you think cargo missions will come out with the cargo refactor? Or is that refactor purely to get the cargo loading or or mechanics ironed out. What do you think? Yeah. 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 I th- I think too like cargo missions are could be good because you might not have to risk your own money in order to do them. Right? So it's go to this station, pick up my supply of X at the cargo st- you know, in the cargo uh, area. And deliver it to X, um, you know, and then that could be really interesting, especially with some dynamic uh, missions that creep up. Uh, cool, yeah. Hopefully, I mean, I, I guess the feasibility of that happening with the refactor, I would say probably not. Um, I feel like that would be a line item on the roadmap, but I would also say you never know. Uh, Brillo Cubis asks, why do I keep looting the fruit? Um, why does he keep looting the fruit? <laughs> yeah. When they made the announcement to that, that, or when people found that w- the food and, and drink are starting to become more important, I feel like maybe it's a good thing that you're looting the fruit. Um, and then Mark three said, Mark three generic said, cause you bananas. Hamar <laughs> uh, said, geek wondering if we will ever have first world problems represented, like whether your socks get cleaner by washing them right side out compared to inside out substitute sock with undersuit. I don't know. I don't know. Not in game. Not in game. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I I have a feeling 
there'll be some hand wavium for that, or maybe they'll say the lockers clean it automatically or something. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was, I've been rereading the expanse series and it's so funny because a lot of the stuff that they do is for instance, they don't take their, um, you always hear them say, took this out and put it in the recycler. And they have a recycler on board ships and stations and stuff that essentially breaks things down to their components. And then you have like a rapid prototyper on the ship that makes new ones. Um, so like someone will be wearing a jumpsuit and they, when they're done with the jumpsuit and the towel, they throw it in the recycler. Um, but then the recycler also helps with creating nutrients and things for, for growing like plants and stuff. So it's really interesting. It breaks it down, separates it, and does all that. So maybe they'll have something like that, some sort of hand wavium. Uh, and then Tavo commented, do you stay alive long enough to worry about it? LOL. <laughs> <laughs> well, especially Hamar, it's first world problems until you're trying to scrub out bloodstains and then you need OxyClean. <laughs> um either a new listener or probably even more so a new uh, engager who just joined our discord. His name's magic. He said, Hey guys, love the podcast and I'm looking forward to many more in the future with most of the development being shifted to squadron 42. Does anyone think that decision was made because they are closer to releasing pyro than we might think Uh, with the possibility of pyro coming this year, perhaps it's an easy decision to move development away from the PU because most of us will be busy in pyro to worry about future content so they can focus on squadron 42 for the next year or two while we endlessly explore a new system. I saw this question on Reddit and I'm interested in knowing what you guys think. What do you think, Sigmar? Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. I think I think you're right. Like if if I would say my POV, um, I think they've had a big shift in how they perceive releasing the PU. They know it's a long haul. And I think now that they're thinking is, you know what? We really want it to just be a better experience as an alpha. Um, and so uh, given that so many features need to exist across both games, why not release it in Squadron where it's going to get tested the hell out and then um, then migrate it over to the PU? Um, you know, I don't think it, I, to be honest with you, Magic, I don't think it has anything to do with Pyro's release whatsoever. I think it's an effort to get Squadron 42 out the door quickly, but but make it a great game. And then... Um, at the same time, double up the effort in terms of uh, looking at the gameplay that's that's across both and doubling down on that instead of uh, splitting things up so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. With. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And I'm not usually, I'm not usually a, yeah, I'm not usually a first like a single player game kind of person, but I feel like that will be just incredible. Plus it's like all the lore building up to where things are in the PU today. Um, 
next question, we've got two questions essentially coming from our friend who hasn't named himself yet on text through our Google Voice or Google, yeah, Google phone or whatever. Uh, he said, hey, Citizen Cast, this is a two-part question. With the discussion of rivers recently, it got me thinking about bodies of water. Oh, no, we already talked about that one. <laughs> that. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm sure we'll see them. They exist. There are there is a there are planets like that and cities like that. Um, so actually, let me jump to his actual question. <laughs> uh, hey, Citizen Cast, I was playing Star Citizen the other day, and my partner asked a very good question: How do you win? So I'd ask you the same question: How does one win Star Citizen? Seaguard, how do you win Star Citizen? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's like, what's winning? Um, how do you win at life? <laughs> you know, it's how you define it. Yeah. I think it's to get as much enjoyment out of it as possible and feel like you're able to do what you want. <laughs> <laughs> A joke has no name. <laughs> It definitely is. Um, for me, winning is really just having fun. Yeah, I don't have a like a full on answer. It's it's going to be constantly finding something new to do. Um, you know, enjoying the company of my shipmates and my my crew as well as my org and and parlay house members, etc. They they do, I believe. Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would imagine you could potentially enter the Murray Cup. You know what I mean? Like if you're a good enough racer, which would be really awesome. That's in another, you know, six years. But, you know, at least we've got a fun journey along the way. Um, And hopefully it gets real fun this year. Yeah, I mean this this coming patch has me excited, but it's not like it's not like it's earth shattering except for the selling, which I think is actually great because uh, it gives you a reason to do more of the missions and even to just peruse locations more. But next patch with salvage coming in, uh, plus I have the vulture, so I'm very excited for that. That's going to be really fun. Oh, I completely forgot this patch coming up. Refueling looks pretty awesome. I don't believe I can't remember what I read. Uh, you might be able to, but I'm not sure. Um, but either way, so that's one major mechanic launching in, in this patch. We've got another major mechanic launching in the next patch. So there's a lot of uh, potential coming up this year. Um, so those are all the questions for us. Um, if you do have any of any questions of your own, anything that you've done for science, any tips, tricks, uh, you want to respond to Seaguard's questions, you want to just tell us how amazing we are, uh, feel free to submit any of that uh, to us via email with our old email address, readcastsc at gmail.com. You could DM our Twitter handle at citizencastsc, submit a message through Anchor or on our CitizenCast Discord. 
Uh, last but not least, you can text us or leave a voicemail at 646-783-8154. Um, oh, I was like, what's that sound? My cat snoring. <laughs> um, for, and then also, if you are looking for a new crew, looking for an org, or simply looking for people to play with in between your solo sessions, check out the community over at Parlay House. Uh, it's a neutral zone where players of all types can hang out, socialize, and enjoy the best damn sa- space sim the verse has to offer. Uh, we host several um, orgs over there now. How many are, are hosted on there now? Mm-hmm. Did you say the Jedi Temple? No. Um, very good. Um well, uh, also a shout out to some of our friends of the show who are content creators. Uh, you know, if you're looking for more Star Citizen content, uh, feel free to check out Earth and Snorkel's videos on YouTube. Earth, I think, has been deviating a little bit with other games while he's, you know, uh, in between. Uh, but he also posts Star Citizen content. And then um, if you love the music that you hear in our episodes and want to hear more songs, Take a look at uh, Admiral Cody and Calibri's websites, uh, web music sites. Uh, their music is just really great, and uh, I can't can't believe we're so lucky to have such a great theme song. Um, all the links for all that stuff we just talked about can be found in the show notes. And that, dear friends, wraps up another episode of Citizen Cast. Thank you, citizens, for listening, and we'll see you next week. It is my turn to pretend to be Chekhov. Are we talking right now? I forget every week for some reason. Oh, poor Chekhov. Oh, you want to hear a funny story? (laughs) So for those who don't know, I'm a recruiter and um, someone on my team, I run a small team of recruiters and we recruit in tech. QA automation engineer interview uh, with a pretty big client of ours. And uh, the feedback that I got from the client, this is all via, uh, you know, like a an applicant tracking system. It says, the candidate hung up the phone after he couldn't answer an introductory question. So all I picture is, uh, did you code that in Cucumber? Uh, uh, I gotta go, buddy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Not my candidate. <laughs> That's correct. That's right.